are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. So here we are back again, podcasting, but for the first time, Connor's at spring training in Sarasota, Florida, and we hope this means he'll be inviting guests onto these podcasts. Uh, We're going to work that out, but today we're here to talk about the economic cycle, what it means for inflation, and what are black swans? Uh, You mean Mm. like from the ballet? Tchaikovsky. Uh, No, we think these black swans are not graceful and beautiful. These black swans are really, really ugly. But (laughs) let's not get distracted. That's the last on our list. Let's talk about the economic cycle. Um, Anybody know what an economic cycle is? I immediately think of the circle of life. Like the cycle of life, sort of? (laughs) The circle of life. Yes, yes, it, it is. It's the circle of the economy's life. Very, very good. And, uh, and, and like seasons, it has four parts. You know how like there's winter, spring, fall, summer, whatever, however that goes. <laughs> I could do the economic cycle in better order though. Uh, it starts with expansion. Then it goes to a peak. Then it goes to contraction, which is downward. Then it goes to a trough, which is the bottom. And it goes back to expansion, which is growth again. Circle of life, right? Mm-hmm. But within that cycle, there's another little cycle that's driving the big cycle. Uh, and that's a cycle that, we, that, that traditionally we think of as employment, inflation, and interest rates. Anybody familiar with that, any of this stuff? Am I speaking Greek? Okay, wait. So do you, does the employment, inflation, and interest rate fall under which, it's a subcategory of which part of the economic cycle it's actually acting in every part of the economic cycle in its own ways that are driving the cycle okay so you're saying that i guess certain formulas between the three drive either expansion either a peak or either contraction well there are components like think about a car a car has a shaft it has an engine and carburetor pistons they all drive the wheels forward right but different components are acting in different ways and and they they act together in a way that drives a car and if it gets sick the car starts to fail right so could you mm-hmm. give us some examples of say sure but first let's talk about yeah. what they are okay <laughs> right. right um uh, connor you want to guess what happens during an expansion part of of an economic cycle well, because I'm studying for my test. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm imagining an expansion is the top of the cycle with inflation and. Uh, that's, well, actually, peak is the top of the cycle. Peak is top mm. of the cycle. Expansion we're is we're coming the up road right here around two thirty, th- about two thirty three o'clock. Yeah, we're coming off of the bottom. We're cut. We're coming off the bottom, off the trough and heading up to the peak. And that's the period we call expansion. Now, uh, within My expansion- My cycle goes counterclockwise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we all end up in the same place at the same time. And my cycle follows the moon. 
the moon. <laughs> okay. I can't come up with a better one than moon. Okay, that wins. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about in the expansion, let's talk about the little cycle that's happening in expansion that happens among employment, inflation and expansion and interest rates. So when we're expanding, it means the economy is growing. It means that companies are looking to hire people. Now, as people start going to work more and more, it becomes harder to hire people. What do companies have to do to hire more people? Offer uh, more budget. competitive compensation packages. And what did you say, Connor? Uh, put, make them budgets higher and, uh, and then interest rates oh, go up. You're kind of saying the same thing. You're going to have to pay people more. Budgets higher, yes. right? So if you have to pay people more, their wages are going up. Now, when people have more money in their pockets, what do they tend to do? Spend. They buy Spend. more stuff. So mm -hmm. if the supply on the shelf starts to get a little tight because everybody's buying more, what happens mm. to the prices? They go up. And so same with interest rates. Well, hold on. But that's where inflation starts, okay? Inflation starts when people have more money to bid for things than there are things that are available in supply. Now, as, as that Use happens- cars. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll let you we stop. I'll let you. you talk. No, we, we could say it was used cars too. It's still going to be the same thing. It's, it's all right. It's, you're always all right to interrupt me. Uh, but what I was going to say is now the inflation starts to hit uh, and there's demand for product. Are the companies try, trying to manufacture more or less at that point? Prices I would imagine going more. Up. Inflation's hitting, supply is low, demand is high. We need to make more shit. You're exactly right. We want to make more shit. So the companies are going to the bank saying, we need more capital. We need to borrow more money. What are the banks saying? All right. Here's a higher interest rate, bitch. But yeah. here's some money. Well, because now the, the Fed, which is owned by all the banks, is watching all of this and it's saying inflation bad. Why is inflation bad? Let's take a sidebar for a second, a side road to inflation. Why inflation bad? Well, I think it's bad for the long game, especially for like, okay, I'm taking a guess, but if I were management in a company, I wouldn't want prices to go so high because then that minimizes the spending power of the consumer, which means they would consume less of my product in the long run. Well, what you're describing is sort of like, you ever see a hamster on an exercise wheel going round and round, but he doesn't yeah. go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're creating this treadmill effect, but there's a danger beyond that. Any idea what that might be, Connor? The danger beyond just I don't know, the collapse of the dollar, just like it's not worth what it's worth? Sure, uh, but it happens because inflation cannot just grow, it can accelerate. And then it can run away. If you think about the hamster on the wheel, what if the wheel gets disconnected and starts rolling somewhere and going mm -hmm. faster and faster? That's what runaway inflation is like. It's happened a few times. Uh, it happened recently in Venezuela. That's why they had to try cryptos because the value of the Venezuelan whatever, whatever was, was, was shrinking by like 10% a day. That's how high the inflation rate was. It was a day, not a year. In Germany, you, and during the 1930s, you actually had to take wheelbarrows of money down just to buy milk. That's how, that's how fast the, the value of the Deutschmark was going to zero. Today, a version of that would be the ruble in Russia, because we're in March of 2022, where the ruble crashed to being less than, worth, worth less than a dollar. That was an inflation that caused it, but it was, it, was, it was something else. The idea is inflation erodes the value of your currency. If you keep it in a sort of a 2 to 4% band, 
that's healthy inflation. That allows the middle class to grow. It allows people to feel like they're getting wage increases. But when it starts to get up to 8, 9, 10%, you have a danger that it can go to 15, 20, 30, 40, fast. It's ugly. It almost happened in this country in the late 1970s. It got to 21%, I think. And interest rates, short-term interest rates got up to almost 20%. Do you think we're getting there? No, the Fed, we learned lessons. We'd never had that happen before. And what led to that was a series of price controls by the government that artificially changed the supply and demand. In this case, we had a pandemic that happened, a black swan event that artificially changed the supply and demand chains. So that's part of the inflation puzzle that's working itself out. But there was a lot of money that got flushed into the system during the pandemic. And a lot of people spending started spending a lot more money. And that also that had an inflationary effect that's, that's more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Side road <laughs> to the road of inflation over. So we, we get that there is healthy rate of inflation and there's very unhealthy rates of inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And in the expansion part, we're starting to see healthy rates of inflation. But if they start to get unhealthy, the banks start to raise the interest rates to fight the inflation, as well as trying to slow the economy down. Right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yep, it does. So in an expansion, we start, to see, we start to see employment grow. We see inflation start to follow. And then the last thing that we start to see, we'd call it a lagging indicator because it's happening at the end, are interest rates. Just another sidebar, anybody know what the leading indicator is that people look to to say what part of a cycle we're heading toward? Of the three? Well, no, or pick another one. One of them is a leading indicator, but there's another one that a lot of people talk about all the time. Uh, Now that we know that interest rates are a lagging or a behind indicator, what do people use to sort of out front predict what's going on? I'll give you a clue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when we go to buy a stock, we're buying its future earnings. So future earnings. The stock Current market earnings? itself. Oh, the-, <laughs> the stock market itself is a leading future indicator because it's reflecting what we think is the future performance of all the companies. Okay. Sorry, trick question there. Employment's also a leading indicator, but a little, little behind the stock market. So just to recap expansion, Employment starts to grow, followed by inflation, followed by interest rates, and it leads into a peak. And at the peak, what's happening? Are things growing? Are things static? Are things starting to fall? What's happening in our little employment, inflation, and interest rate cycle? I would say chilling out. Go ahead, Connor, first. Who's chilling out? Which one? It would, the rates start calming down, inflation starts peaking, so to speak, and then it becomes a back to a steadier, more maybe normal trend downward again, back towards normalcy. Well, I'm going to kind of disagree. You got some elements right and some of them not so right. Um, yeah. What do you think, Leela? I mean, does it plateau? What plateau? Uh, employment, inflation, and interest rates. Or you might see like a gradual rise in interest well, rates. employment plateaus. So that inflation and employment, you know, plateaus. Inflation hasn't plateaued yet because interest rate rises are falling, coming behind. So okay. that, that battle is being fought at the peak. And because that's being fought at the peak, what happens is we slide into a recession. Hmm. Right? Prices are starting to go up higher. Employment's being harder to find. You're not getting- And how many weeks raises. does that need to be to be considered a recession? 
Um, it's not measured in weeks necessarily. It's really measured Periods. in activity. It's really about oh. activity. So it's really about watching a trend line. Sometimes an expansion can last years, a peak could last months, and a contraction could last a year. Think about it this way, Connor. Remember how we said the stock market from 1933 to today, through all the cycles, has gone from about 62 to 33,000? That tells yeah. you we're having much better, longer expansions than we are having contractions and falls, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're still going to happen at, off of a peak. What's going to happen? Because employment got steady. Inflation still happening. Their interest rates are rising. So business is not trying to grow as much anymore. We're going to slide into a recession. It's become harder for businesses to make a profit. Maybe, not even maybe, usually they've overhired into the peak of the cycle. Because does a business usually say, oh, demand's growing, but I think it's going to go to zero tomorrow? Or do they think it's always going to grow? They think it's always going to grow. Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what happened there. Well, I mean, Connor, when you enter a new season, doesn't matter what team you're on. Are you hopeful things are going to go well and do better? You, yep. You have to always think you're going to make the team. You know, you shouldn't be playing right. if you don't think it's going to be good. Right. So the bias of most corporate planners is that they don't necessarily see the peak until after it happens. So they tend to right. overhire, overbuy, and that throws the economy into a recession because now I got too much inventory on my shelves. I've got people showing up to work with not enough stuff to do because I don't need to produce anything more. And, and in that environment, what happens is employment starts to fall. What do you think's happening to inflation? Well, prices go down if there's an excess inventory and if employment falls, there's less uh, spending power. Those are starting to influence things, um, but inflation is still an issue. It may be starting to plateau. It, to, yeah, <laughs> it's hitting its peak. In the contraction, mm. usually inflation's hitting its peak. Interest rates are still going up. Because they fall behind of right? that. Mm -hmm. Well, because what's happening is businesses are going broke. Right, we're in a contraction. You bought too much inventory. You didn't lay off people fast enough. Businesses are getting into trouble. They're starting to go into workouts. They're starting to hire consultants to fix the business. Uh, and so banks have to charge a higher interest rate because loans became riskier. And the Fed wants the interest rates higher anyway because they're fighting inflation. So during the contraction is really kind of where we're, we're getting to the worst of it until we hit the bottom. Could we say that the contraction is the beginning of the correction? Yes, it's the beginning of the correction, but it follows the beginning of the correction through the full correction till you hit bottom. Peak is the top, trough is the bottom. We don't tend to stay there very long because we, as a society, like to enact policies to get us moving. So we we try not to stay in these places. Usually in the peak, they say, let's go higher, right? Well, I mean, it's just like life. You know, as a human being, yeah. you can't handle high altitudes, but you can also handle extreme depth. Right. But still, we're going to experience these cycles. Deep. The reason we want to talk about them is, is in our core portfolio game that we play with our rules. Can we play every part of the cycle and play it to win? Yeah. Yes. What do you think, Connor? Absolutely. Because if something's yeah. on this side of the cycle, you can play the other side of it. That's right. Like when the, when the economy is right, you know, when the economy is contracting, we tend to look at businesses that do well. Like, for example, the classic one is when the economy is contracting, food's gotten very expensive. People try to tend to trade down 
to less expensive foods. Like uh, the classic is cereal, breakfast. Breakfast, mm. you know, you talk, hear people talk about having breakfast for dinner. Eggs, milk, and cereal grains are cheap in this country, and they're nutritious. They'll fill your belly. Every time right. we've had a really bad recession or contraction in this country, those Kellogg's products start to fly it. off the shelves because... <laughs> Yeah. Tony the Tiger's the man. He's the oh, man, they're, yeah. They're more Caviar than King, they're more not than so much good. anymore. Right? They're great. They're great. They're great! Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. the bougie, I get the bunk-ass, like, Why do fake Lucky Charms. Whatever, go fake ahead. Fake Lucky Charms is what <laughs> I get. I get, like, the knockoff uh, They're magically delicious. Cereal bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 instead of blue diamonds you got like i got a blue rhinoceros oh this is yeah, the wrong yeah. cereal it's like bucky narms instead of lucky right. charms <laughs> okay now, now uh, one last point i want to cover on on this area which is there's something that interrupts this nice economic cycle so that it doesn't work in this nice pretty way all the time it's called a black swan why is it called a black swan and what is a black swan i'm picturing the isn't it like a unicorns like a bad unicorn it's the opposite of a unicorn unicorns are magical bright nice things and black swans are like shit so okay. you never see them but you know or you rarely see them that's leela's head what's yours connor <laughs> I just keep picturing the neck of this thing. Just going <laughs> down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You know, it's a bad thing. So I'm assuming it's uh, what can really fuck up the, the cycle. Yeah. War? Is that part of this Yeah, a, bla a black swan is, is a, well, yeah, that is a black swan event. Uh, a big war would be a black swan event. Uh, a uh, pandemic is a black fallout. swan event. Oh, big black yeah, well, swan. I mean, would that you be even be alive black to King see Kong. that? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, also consider in 2008 when, when the subprime mortgage thing happened, that was a black swan event. Black swan events tend to happen in 10 to 15 year cycles. We don't know what they are. We don't know where they're going to come from. I mean, right now we're having an unusual uh, confluence of black swan events because we have a pandemic and now we have a European land war all happening at the same time. That's really crazy. I mean, you, see, you notice how the markets get really spooked and crazy? Yeah, I, yep, I, yep. I, yeah. Uh, I, I do too. And that's because the market doesn't like unpredictability and things like black swans introduce all kinds of volatility. So when you're thinking about an economic cycle and how to plan it, also bear in mind that a black swan event will disrupt it and you need to sort of adapt and work from there. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.